Week 6 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 7. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 7, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DK Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DNVR is the code you use. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. You should check it out. DraftKings is safe. It's reliable. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. You can bet on UFC 254 or by taking action on any baseball championship games happening soon. You like baseball? You can bet on baseball too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older, Colorado only. Bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, yeah. Welcome to the Brandon McManus Lookalike Podcast here on That's Good Sports. The Deep Open V. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys, who is sober for all of October. That's right. Hey, V for victory. That's a that's a mocktail. Uh, mm-hmm. Today's episode of That's Good Broncos Podcast. That's good sport, whatever the fuck I call it, uh, is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. So if you want to download it, you got to use code DNVR to get all of their great sign-up bonuses. More on that later. Also, if you're in the DNVR locker looking for merch, use the code PERNA to get a discount. Use the code PERNA. If you want some of that sweet Philip Lindsay shirt, those Denver Nuggets shirts that are not Nuggets shirts per se, but they they look like similar. I think it's, uh, not, yeah. <laughs> it's Nuggets adjacent. <laughs> and, and not the way that some people tweeted it. Right. Not that kind of Nuggets adjacent. Yeah, not, not DMAC Nuggets adjacent, not... Who's the other guy who did it? <laughs> it's the uh, Charlotte Hornets announcer, I think. Yes. yes. Their play-by-play guy. Yes. Okay. Well, it is the midweek Broncos podcast. Um, we've got the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. We'll save most of that like preview type shit for our Saturday prediction episode. Today... Uh, I read that Broncos fans rank amongst amongst among amongst the uh, 
least com complainy fans on internet. They complain not a lot, supposedly. I want to talk about that. Uh, some of the, the dropping issues for Broncos ball catchers, Le'Veon Bell going to the Chiefs, if that will impact this game. Uh, maybe give a little love to Garrett Bowles today. I don't know. We'll talk about some football things, I think. I don't know. Maybe. What do you know, Will? Look, I love football. Um, that's what this podcast is about. I'm excited to talk about football and only football. Let's go. Yeah, I think uh, Sober October is really hurting Will. Uh, it is noon his time. He's usually drunk by now and has already written me three scripts. My all... third martini. Yeah. Do you think – do you ever write drunk? No, not really. No, um, I'm not going to say I haven't before, <laughs> but it's not a common practice. Yeah, so, at this stage in the game, was it was it Hemingway who was always drunk? I I like to I think he was drunk, uh, roughly twenty three seven, maybe an hour a day where he wasn't. I remember when I was, yeah, I remember when I was living in Ireland and I was still working with uh, Chad, and so there's a big time difference, and so like. I think before I like went out to the bars, he would send me something to to do real quick, and so then definitely yeah, I'd be drunk and um, and, and pop together like two hundred fifty words. Uh, but it's kind of like that thing where you're so like conscious, you're so conscious of uh, what you're writing that you actually proofread better. Oh, put out a cleaner story. So. It's like uh, like if you're driving after you've had two beers. Right. You're you're under the legal limit, but you're like you're scared, so you you do your absolute mm -hmm. best driving. Yeah, Not that we would ever condone exactly it's like. ha having that, but uh, yeah, we're no Melvin Gordon's over here. <laughs> Pretty much the best segue you could have done. Yeah, no. Sometimes, like when I'm having a whiskey at night, I'll pop back into a a script and bang out a paragraph. I'm like, this is gold. And I think it's the confidence of the whiskey. I don't know how yeah. often I look at it in the morning and I'm like, mm, this is not very good. Versus maybe you should be drunk more when you write. Maybe, well, let's do like a week where we try it out. And kind All of drunk writing? Yeah. yeah. Reshape the whole right. channel to just uh, we only make content if we're above the legal limit. The only thing I think I've been – like almost like uh you know over the limit at least for for this show was probably the nfl draft i think that was about it maybe when we watched uh the longest yard too oh yeah you have to be drunk to get through that that failed experiment <laughs> pretty fun though pretty fun yeah so there's there's not a ton of like crazy broncos news happening right now uh, the Raiders, the Trent Brown, they put on the COVID uh, reserve list, but since they were, had their bye week, they might have avoided like a uh, a spread there for for the Raiders. Um, and they're playing the Buccaneers this weekend, I think in prime time. So that could be an interesting game. The Broncos got the Chiefs. Uh, Bortles, Bortles was uh, was released, but then re-signed to the practice squad. So Blake Bortles back. Right? Can't, can't keep a good man down. 
TJ Ward released from Arizona's practice squad. Uh, so for just, you know, periphery Broncos news. And Akeem Tlaib had Wade Phillips on his podcast this week. And I'd like to think our question about Wade Phillips must have prompted that. Tlaib must have been like, you know what? I really do fucking like Wade Phillips. Let's get him on the podcast. So. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. But there's, there was a, I think it was a CBS survey. And it uh, ranked the Broncos 24th as a fan base that uh, where they complain. So they were between the Saints at 23 and the Chiefs at 24. The top five teams were Dallas, New England, Buffalo, Chicago, and Philly. In that order, Dallas being number one. So my first thought was respect to Bills fans for being the only small market team to crack the top five for most complaining fans. Uh, I think that's like internet complaints, bitching about bad calls, refs, feeling right. sorry for yourself. Um, because the Cowboys, the Patriots, Chicago, Philly, those are all pretty big market teams. So I have to assume that there's just more people out there bitching. I don't know if it's fact. Yeah, is it, is it bitches per capita? Yeah, I don't know. Or percentage of, you know, percentage of comments which are which can be construed as bitch worthy. Yes. I'm yes. I'm curious about the data here. I don't like to it look seems, into the data per se. It seems very subjective. Um <laughs> and just from my experience, I you know, come in Twitter or like the the subreddit or really any sort of online forum. We are not strangers to uh, complaining. No, that's, I mean, the last couple but, of years, I fire off a lot of complaints that. during a Broncos game. I mean, yeah, I fire I, I, a lot of compliments as well. It's either over complimenting or really just taking the lowest sort of we are all doomed approach. I don't like any well, middle we, ground. Right. We beat the Patriots last week in Foxborough. And I'm sure if you if you took stock of all the comments that were made, over fifty percent of them probably would have been complaints. Yeah. Uh, which really should be the other way around, considering how much we've lost the last four years. But uh, yeah, I want to know the data, and then I, I guess I really haven't spent time being a fan of another team, so I don't. No. Yeah, really. I think does everyone just like is this like an average amount of complaining for for our team or uh is it really that low compared to yeah, compared to other fans, which it might be. Yeah, I don't know. The bottom 5 teams were uh the Bucks, the Jags, the Titans, the Colts, the Rams. So those are all smaller market teams or at least small fan bases. The Rams aren't a small market, but they don't they don't have a big following. The Colts after Andrew Luck left, I mean, after Peyton Manning left, really kind of dwindled in popularity. Luck kept him afloat, but I don't look at them as like this big market. And the Bucks, yeah. like, I think the Bucks can climb back higher if they keep winning um, games. But when you are on social media during a football game, I think you would agree that every fan base is equally great at complaining through the duration of a football game. Unless your team's just kicking the shit yeah. out of their opponent. 
then it's uh it's mostly shit talking you know towards the the team you're destroying and dismantling yeah i mean you can really like there's a few different types of complaints complain about the refs usually when you're losing or in a close game complain about your own team usually when you're getting the shit kicked out of you uh i guess you can complain about the other team too I mean, like you complain, like, oh, the announcers are sucking the other team's dick, uh, this, that, or the other. Uh, why they get to sign Le'Veon Bell, blah, blah, blah. When is, you know, um, how does that uh, utility belt fit around Andy Reid's waist? Stuff like that. Yeah. Plenty of things to complain about. Plenty. I mean, I wonder how many complaints came in this weekend when Joe Buck and Troy Aikman uh, assaulted America. Man, that was, um, that was hard to hear. As someone who loves flyovers, someone who loves, who respects the troops and the military industrial complex. uh, (laughs) It was a disgusting act by Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed that we had to have it live over our airwaves. On Fox of all places, too, you know? Fox. People calling for them to be fired. <laughs> it yeah. is. Uh, I don't think that's severe enough. No. You ever been at a game when those jets fly over? If you're not really standing for that, you will be in two it, ways. How could I ever talk shit about flyovers when uh, I was at that game where the jets flew over the Raiders Broncos when Chris Harris got that pick six? Ooh, yeah. And it like, it, like, slightly contributed to the play. <laughs> uh, and Raiders fans were complaining about it. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? Really? I love, what, I love our country more than you. What, what the NFL needs, especially this season, is strategic flyovers for the home team. Yes. So the, yeah. the coach needs to be able to call into the booth in the fourth quarter when the other offense is on the field trying to, you know, drop, do a two-minute drive. To come yeah. in and do a flyover, the play can't be heard, screws up the offense. It's like the missing home field advantage. I think that would I think be when you when you string together like enough first rounds, I think you should be able to call in like that, like sort of like an airstrike in Call of Duty. You get like a ten kill streak. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something like that. You know what uh, was- Yeah, I mean it, it was a fair criticism by uh, Buck and Aikman. And I think everyone was a little surprised, uh that Troy Aikman, of all people, was that quick to, uh, you know, to stand Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah, well, I, I don't know that. This I don't know if he was. I I took it as he was taking that as a dig against them. Like, oh, really? But well, I mean, it's hard because he at first he's like, "That's a lot of jet fuel fuel out there," and then Buck's like, "That's your hard-earned tax dollars at work." Which we learned, like, our the those military flyovers are like scheduled into training, so like, it's not an extra right. expense. They're probably happening either. <laughs> yeah, either way, like, that won't happen on Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you what, partner. I yes, thought he was like making First fun of, of Joe Buck for maybe supporting him. Like, I thought it was pretty ambiguous. But what I really liked oh. is both sides tried to use it to spin to their favor. It was right. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman rightfully criticized this thing. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are anti-America. Uh, like, 
or and you know what I mean? It was this weird sort of thing mm. of a pretty harmless comment, I thought, that just blew right. up into this big story. Uh, I don't know. I thought my best joke in the last episode came from that, though. Which one was it? It was Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman are the greatest threat to democracy in a booth (laughs) since John Wilkes. (laughs) (laughs) From downtown. From downtown. I I think I thought of, like, a better way to phrase that later, but uh, I don't know. I was proud of that one. Don't want to perfect be the enemy of good right or even great i mean the the thing about joe buck is this is the time of the year where we get joe buck overload and it's even more pronounced now because (laughs) so think about it we had joe buck on saturday friday and saturday for the nlcs dodgers braves we get him on sunday for uh Buccaneers Packers we get him on Monday for Bill's Chiefs right we get him yesterday for the World Series game one of the World Series getting him again tonight for game uh two of the World Series then tomorrow for Thursday Thursday night football all the way until the end of the World Series that's pretty impressive it's really impressive also I think we need a little more um I think Fox might need to split it up a little bit. I think people like give the dude a break. <laughs> Good God, the the bucklash is not as strong as it was a few years ago. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind letting someone else get a call every now and then. Right. No, I mean a little much. That, did you like? I know, but Joe Buck's making you know a shit ton of money to do this. But yeah. that's to me that that there's. Uh, in, you need a lot of money to ask that much of my time. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's, I'm just like thinking about the map. And he's been going from Dallas to Tampa to Buffalo, back down to Dallas to either Philly or New York. I don't remember who's at home this week. And back to Dallas. Mm. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of miles. A lot of miles. In those uh, COVID torpedo planes, you know? <laughs> yeah, really. No, I would get um, – Does he fly – he's got to fly private. They got to pr- pl- private jet him around for that shit, right? Yeah, I assume he gets to ride on, uh, you know, the, the, the special Fox jet in the sky. Yeah, the hardest part would be, like, with – when you're doing a series in baseball – and there's less players, so it's easier to know, like, all the players that are up there. Yeah. Football, though, I remember, like, trying to do some of the live games. And if you're, you're trying to talk about a team you're not fully familiar with, uh, you realize how quickly how many players you don't know on that team. So, like, just yeah. trying to learn and keep up with all the players on each team and with roster turnovers, like, that's a tricky fucking job. Uh, so respect to Joe yeah. and his liberal bleeding heart. <laughs> you ever, yeah. Have you ever thought about doing a uh, play-by-play anything? You ever tried I mean, it? Thought about it in that, like, do I believe I could do it or would I sure. like to do that? Yeah. Sure. Either way. I've thought about, 
I'm the type of person who sees anything and that, and it looks a little fun. I'm like, I would probably do that. Like I have a Nordatrack bike. Like I bought a Nordatrack bike for the winter because I've been riding my mountain bike a ton and I wanted to use it to stay in shape. And they have like these guided tours. You go through like the mountains or some shit. I'm like, I could do this. (laughs) Meanwhile, like six minutes into it, I am sweating. I can barely breathe. And like these people are talking through the whole thing like it's nothing. But I'm like, I could give me a fucking week on these bikes. I could do one of these. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm arrogant enough to think I could do it. Would you want to do it? You think you'd be good at it? No. Um, (laughs) So you're honest with yourself. I've lied to myself for 35 years about what I do well. You ever do like the thing where you're playing Madden and you start to, because I I did that as a kid and still sometimes now where I'm like playing Madden and I like announce the game like I'm Al Michaels. Yeah. For my own team. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's gone. Well, yeah, stuff like, like that. You need somebody to do it with because trying to right. call the games live, I did it on YouTube for like a season with the Broncos and I would do just the first half. And you're just, there's too much talking as one person. You need that balance of say what's happening with the play, let the other person comment on something more for the play. Say what's happening with the play, let the, like, there's a whole yeah. dynamic in, in relationship there. But. That's why you have to really respect someone like Vin Scully, who announced baseball, which has the most downtime of any sport, by himself on the radio. Yeah. So you really just have to be talking the whole time. Yeah, it's a lot. That's I don't even like doing these podcasts for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep it moving then. All right, we got Jerry Judy. Uh, my question, are you worried about his drops? He's got four. Not really. He's got four drops this season, Will. Yeah. Well, as long as he – he's going to drop a few passes. Like, his thing in college wasn't like, you know, he doesn't have bad hands, I don't think. Um, or he didn't have, have them at Alabama. But there are – it's not really a selling point either. It's mostly the route running and – yeah, mostly the route running. Yeah. So, the Broncos, like – I think it was Andrew Mason tweeted out like they have the most drop drops or like, yeah, drops per pass. So it's like every eight passing attempts, the Broncos are dropping a ball and like the average in the league is like 14 and a half or some shit. So it's definitely a problem this year. Part of that you've, they've played with three different quarterbacks. So that might yeah. have a little bit to do with it. Also, there's a bunch of young guys out there like Albert O is, you know, the big guy, We've talked about the drops, or you've heard people talk about the drops all all week because he had two in the end zone that were well, I would say one is bad and one was a, a decent play by by the the Patriots to swipe it out. But in the NFL, yeah. you should just be stronger than everybody. That would be my advice to Albert O. Just get stronger than everybody and like nobody'll be able to knock the ball out of your hands. I'm with you there. I also think aside from the the two Judy drops in the first game against the Titans. Those are just bad drops caused by lack of focus, turning up the field too quickly. But if you look at like the, the four drops on Sun or how many, I don't remember how many three drops they had on Sunday. There were four in Sun or no three. Technically they gave them three. They only credited Albert right. O with one drop. I would give him two, but 
three to four, debatable. Yeah. They're also like tough catches too. Yeah. And in the NFL, like the, the definition of drop is like very broad too. It's not just like wide open and like the ball hits off your hands like that. Like that guy in the Cardinals on Monday night who dropped that Andy Dalton interception. It's not like that. It's like the, even like that Deshaun Hamilton drop, which was like the most obvious drop of them all. That's still a really, really tough catch to make, but still one that you should make. Yeah. Uh, as an NFL wide receiver. Like when you look so back at like Yeah. When you look back at Hamilton, you're impressed that Locke was able to sneak that ball in there because right. was it, it was Gilmore in the coverage there. Like his mm-hmm. hand comes basically right across where Hamilton's looking to make the catch. So I think you just get distracted by this hand, and you're probably thinking that hand is going to hit the ball away, and then all of a sudden the ball is right on your fucking chest. Uh, but – you know, that's like the kind of almost, that you it was almost too good of a pass to draw to catch. Right, right. Uh, it, it's like you, if you watch a lot of football, you see guys like DeAndre Hopkins just always make those catches. You're just like, mm-hmm. and as a Broncos fan, you're hoping this group of guys can get there. You're thinking if Cortland Sutton was out there, he makes that catch. You saw Tim Patrick basically make every catch that came his way in this game except for the one that got intercepted uh but like oh and I want to talk about that interception a little bit that second one looking back at it and I know I've ripped Shermer for this and I've got it in the the prediction episode but Judy was pretty wide open on that play on the left side (laughs) and Hamilton had a couple steps on his guy and I don't know if the you know, the double coverage sinks deep. up because they see that's where the direction of the ball is going. But it looks like Drew Locke had better options on that second throw for sure. Uh, I don't yeah. know if he just tried to force it to Patrick because Patrick was the only guy fucking catching balls that day or or what. Yeah, I mean, that happened earlier too where it, it seemed like Judy was open and then Locke threw kind of in a tight window to, to Albert O in the end zone. Uh, yeah, it seems like kind of one of his problems. And I like, I liked, I'm one of those people who wasn't discouraged by the game on Sunday, probably even encouraged a little bit. So I think yeah. this things are going to out, but yeah, sometimes he locks on to a receiver a little bit when you know that he is capable of uh, going yeah, through progression. That was what his eighth game or seventh game. Like, Yeah. It's just something like that. It feels like we've been waiting for Drew Locke for years now. Mm -hmm. First half of last season, he was hurt. Then he gets hurt this season. Now we get to watch him play a little bit. Uh, Okay, so the Chiefs rushed the ball all down the Bills' throats on Monday. Mm -hmm. Actually, before I get into Le'Veon Bell, let me do uh, a little bit of DraftKings for that ass. I think that's what DraftKings wants me to say. That's their official slogan. For that ass. Week six of football is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week numero seven. And there's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week seven, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer, just like me on that John Wilkes Booth joke. Uh, If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, 
Go to the app store, you idiot, and download the app. Uh, that's all you have to do and use code DNVR and DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Also, UFC 254-254 is happening, what, this weekend? Fight Island? If you want to get in on some of that action, you can do it through DraftKings. Remember, DraftKings safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to sign up to get the bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older. Colorado only. Bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call. My mom. <laughs> Just kidding. 1-800-522-4700. All right. Le'Veon Bell. Um... Clyde Edwards Hilaire, your favorite uh, running back in the NFL, 161 yeah. yards against the Bills. This is just days after the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell, which I get why the Chiefs would add him. Andy Reid said, like, when we see good players, we don't pass up on them. Why were your eyes closed for so long? I was just like trying to, uh, in, in to show my frustration. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. I, I yeah. thought I was putting trying you to sleep. No, 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 no. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> the Chiefs don't need Le'Veon Bell, is my point. But how much do you – like, I don't expect him to be used a ton this weekend against the Broncos just because he's just getting to Kansas City. Right. But then again, like, maybe Andy Reid features him because he's Andy Reid and he does something, I don't know, creative. What do you like? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that was a smart move by Kansas City, or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a smart move to get Le'Veon Bell for cheap if you can. Oh yeah, they got him for so cheap too. Fuck. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of things you get to do when uh, free agents identify you as a team that has a really good shot to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's just kind of like the the. Um, opportunities you get it's it's a case of the rich getting richer it feels like it doesn't feel like when the Warriors added Kevin Durant he's not that good he's not going to be that kind of difference maker for them no but it feels like when the Warriors signed DeMarcus Cousins someone who like hasn't been good for a while uh but you're like oh shit if he starts playing like he did uh his first you know six seven years in the league we're gonna be in trouble and you feel like he's in the right situation to do that. So yeah. I don't know. He could he could have like a, a minimal impact and prove that like he really hasn't been the same guy since before he held out with the Steelers. Or he could just like have ten touches and average like eight yards a touch. Yeah. That could happen too. I feel and like I, we're I gonna see that. Think he's gonna they're gonna use him really efficiently. And it it worries me. <laughs> yeah, it would you know <laughs> I think the Broncos offense will be like that in may in like maybe a year where it, there's just a ton of talent there and they don't need to add another piece, but like if they did, you'd be super excited as a fan. And yeah. I think that's what bell sort of brings there. It's like on 
I don't know. It just feels like if he has the hot hand, it is a no-brainer. The Chiefs can just lean on him on weeks where maybe their offense is struggling a little bit, kind of like it was against Buffalo in that first half. It's just another tool to fix your scoring problem on weeks where you're not at 30 points by, you know, the second quarter or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal this weekend against the Broncos. And I actually like the Broncos defense against Le'Veon Bell and the Chiefs trying to run it. Like, I think the Chiefs are going to have to throw it to beat Denver. Uh, So I'm scared about that, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. It's not the runs that really scare me. That's throwing to him out of the backfield. Yeah, it's little slip screens and how well they block them. Uh, do we Nobody runs about... screens better than the Chiefs. No, and somehow no one runs them worse than Denver. Yeah, that's fucking Denver had a successful atrocious. screen in, in, since, like, no Sean Moreno. I think that it, Yeah. Uh, what's the deal with uh, Mitchell Schwartz? I don't know. So He's a little banged like, up. They lost Kalichi Osimile, right? He tore yeah. two ligaments one in each knee or some shit. Uh, so the Chiefs line's a little banged up, and that's one reason, like, the Broncos' D-line is playing very well, and so that's why I, I like this matchup in terms of stopping the run. Uh, and the Broncos aren't going to be able to maybe blitz the way they have been against the Chiefs. Like, that over-aggression will, will hurt you against Kansas City, but... Um, yeah, it seems like they do really, like, favor that. Uh, a gap blitz with, yeah, with it's, Jewel or AJ I, Johnson. Yeah, they've been using their linebackers to blitz a lot, uh, which is fun to see. <laughs> it's been a nice change. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see how Fangio approaches this schematically. And by that, I mean it in the most like dumbed down way possible. I'll be like, oh, he blitzed a little bit, and the Broncos only lost by a little bit. So that was pretty good. Can we like, figure out I don't care like who scores in the red zone as long as it's not Travis Kelsey yeah just watching watching the Bills leave him single cover in the red zone was just like death by paper cuts it felt like yeah let how do you do do that like I don't know like Tyree Kill they're gonna give him the little touch pass um like they have his whole career and probably score that way or a little dump off to Edwards Allaire it's like those are the things like you have to like you have to be prepared for them doing, but you know like their first their fir- first choice is to like throw that little button hook to Kelsey. Yeah, I'm tired of watching Kelsey the beat line. the Broncos. It's been a while. Yeah. I'd rather like Demarcus Robinson have four red zone touchdowns and lose that. Yeah, I don't care if Byron Pringle has <laughs> yeah. like 300 yards receiving. Let Brian Pringle kill us. Don't give a shit. <laughs> if it's like Isang Bassey blowing coverage on Byron Pringle, I'll be like, what are you going to do? It's our fourth it. corner who's a rookie. Like, whatever. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing that I picked up on from that Bills game is they just weren't – that I think was different than the the Raiders game is the Raiders kept a spy on Mahomes and it felt like the Bills were encouraging or at least letting Mahomes like drift outside the pocket and that's what you don't want to do 
because you can throw on the run as well as anybody. But if you make him like sit in the pocket and just kind of like go through his progressions, like, uh, like Brady, that's not his strength. If you make him play like an old school QB, that's when he looks just good and not great. (laughs) Right. Because he's not like a particularly fundamental quarterback. No. He's not, he's not like the, the prototypical dropback quarterback. Like, the trouble is, like, when you think he's about to, like, scramble, like, right to the line of scrimmage and go over, then he, like, throws a little uh, pass on the run to whoever. Or that thing that keeps happening is he runs, like, down the sideline and kind of, like, stops a little bit before going out of bounds, and the defenders let up, and then he just keeps going because he knows that step. people are afraid to hit him. That's smart. Because they probably should be. Yeah, I think someone's just got to, like – I'm not advocating for violence here or injury. Um, I would never do that. But I think someone's got to, like, hit him on the sideline when he does that. And if you get a flag – You get a flag, you get a flag, but you stop him from doing that probably ever again against – in that game, right? Yeah. It's like you sacrifice Uh 15 when he's probably going to pick up 15 extra yards after he stutter steps you and makes you look stupid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, um, no, you're totally right. Yeah. It's, it's worth the 15 at the time. It makes sense. Unless like, it might not be a penalty if he, if he does stutter step and you hit a clean shot on him. Uh, Mm. okay. So the chiefs in their two games, where they looked beatable, Buffalo and the Patriots. Oakland or Las Vegas? Las Vegas, they actually lost. They, were they scored 30 yeah. in that game. But their two lowest scoring games were Chiefs and Bills. They scored 26 points. The Broncos have only scored more than 26 points once this year, twice last year. Do you think yeah. enough clicks on the Broncos' offense – because I think the Chiefs' defense is better than the Patriots' defense right now. You think the Broncos can score more than 26 points? Yeah, because I think um, I think the Broncos played well enough on offense to score like in the 30s against the Patriots, who are a better oh, yeah. defense than the Chiefs. Uh, it's just a matter of turning those drops or those like really um, tight, incomplete passes and having those even out and making yeah. plays uh, in the red zone. They do need to figure out – I think they they get stuck in the red zone and they don't really give Locke a lot of help. Right now, I think the offense is relying on Drew Locke to make a play rather than making the play easy for Locke. Yeah, that's my – That's what Kansas City does so well for Mahomes is they oh, set fuck. him up. Yeah, that's a great example. So well to be a point guard – and they kind of just look at Locke and they're like, all right, make a great throw here or get out of the pocket and make a great throw on the yeah. run. Uh, and you want to see both. Like, if he has to, yeah, he'll make a great throw. But they also don't, like, make things easy on him enough, as the, enough um, like kind of the Chiefs do, you know. Or yeah. you look That's at any, like, any good offense and they mix I, it up like that. I feel like Andy Reid's got, like, 50 plays between the 10 and 20 – and then 50 separate plays from the 10 to the goal line. Like, yeah. it's easy. There's not even throws. There's pitches to jet-sweeping fucking players. It's crossing routes where you get guys open 
to give your quarterback that easy throw. Uh, the Bills aren't a good example because Travis Kelsey just ran to the corner and was wide open for some reason on like one of those yeah. touchdowns. That was a great throw by Mahomes. But, yeah, if the Broncos can do something better, it is making plays easier for their quarterback in the red zone with some creativity. And it's like maybe that's like halfway there and we're not seeing it because Drew Locke is only throwing like the hard passes there. But I don't really buy that. I think with a young quarterback, if you're a good offensive coordinator worth your fucking paycheck, you are making his life easy when he gets there. You see it with Jared Goff, right? You see it with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's these good coaches putting their quarterbacks in positions to succeed when they are in the area to score. Like Drew Locke throwing long touchdown passes, if they make that a couple of those work every week, that's awesome. But you're not going to win games consistently until you can right. score consistently once you're actually in the red zone. So, And also that probably one of the better teams at tightening up in the red zone is the Patriots defense. So I think the Chiefs too might be, you know, decent at that, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend. I'm excited for this game and two and a half, three weeks ago, I wouldn't have been. I'm not saying I don't like I don't know if the Broncos can win, but I feel like they can be competitive. And after like week three, I thought there might be a chance they're never competitive again for this century. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and going back to the red zone thing and why the Skangarella thing kind of irked me a little bit just because like my favorite part about him was how he designed plays in the red zone. You get four of Drew Locke's seven touchdown passes last season. Four of them were just like really easy throws inside the five yard line. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like there's been any of those this year. No. Like the, the one touchdown pass he had was uh, an insanely difficult throw and they don't like, they just don't scheme guys open. Like you got guy, you've got guys like you know you'll get KJ Hamler back. Hopefully Deontay Spencer too. But take guys like that, and why don't you give them the little jet pass, or yeah. at least like put them in motion and and fake something, uh, and and just keep the defense off guard rather than um, making Locke go through like four different progressions while he's sitting in the pocket. Cut the field in half, like. Put some pressure on the defense for once. Yeah, and I think maybe getting, you know, Melvin Gordon back uh, before he gets suspended, that's something – like, he's a good weapon as a, a throwing target in the red zone. And I think Philip yeah. Lindsay should be too. Philip Lindsay was playing great um, that last game. But I think specifically, like, one of Melvin Gordon's strengths is in a shortened field, him getting open – and getting that easy pass and let, letting him make that first guy miss where then he can sneak into the end zone for the touchdown. So, yeah, red zone offense. If it's better, watch out. Because I guess we'll see where this defense truly is against Kansas City. Uh, the Patriots offense sucks. Like, their offensive line also banged up. They have nobody to make fucking plays. Chiefs are a different story, but uh, I like the Broncos defense right now. It is a scrappy unit that uh, if they slow down the Chiefs, they're going to turn some heads. They're going to turn some heads, Will. They will.
Yeah, I mean, I don't like any defense against the Chiefs offense, to be uh, perfectly honest. But the thing about the the Chiefs-Broncos dynamic right now is that we've kind of gotten over the embarrassment of losing every time we play them to the point where it's going to be vaguely orgasmic when we finally do win, which it will happen eventually. I don't know if this season or the next season, but uh, the law of, you know, probability uh, odds probability would would state that it is bound to happen at some point in our lifetimes uh so <laughs> that, that's the thing is like i'm you have kind of gotten over we've gotten over the embarrassment stage yeah of it and now it's just like now the pressure is on the chiefs there's no pressure on the broncos to no. to pull off the upset it's it's building up basically like when the Broncos were undefeated against the AFC West with Peyton Manning, yeah. I think for they were in their third straight season of doing it, and then the Chargers upset them mm-hmm. on Thursday Night Football. The Broncos got to be they they're due for one of those games. Yeah, I think so. And, and I like it this it, week. You expect it to happen later in the season, right? And. Yeah, you expect it to happen at home. Um, obviously, last year, I think we put up, like, 13 points against the Chiefs, if that. Yeah, at home. And, that was the dislocated knee game, and then Matt Moore beats us. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you expect... That was still Flacco, right? That was Flacco at his limpest. Yeah. And maybe aside from last week. Oh. That might have been a slightly limper Flacco. And then, you know, the Drew Locke game last year in Kansas City, I don't, you know, that's fine. Like, he played in the snow all game. It was yeah. his third start. Um, you don't expect much there. So, yeah. I think this is um, this is kind of a prime opportunity. Although, this game could be in the snow, too. Yeah, it's supposed to get cold here. Happy. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be 27 on Sunday. Statewide blowout your sprinklers day here in Colorado, which is what I'm going to do immediately following this podcast recording. Yeah, meanwhile, it's still like 90 degrees here. Yeah. Both have unhealthy air quality to breathe, though, right? We've actually gotten better. Oh, you guys got good air? We got bad air still. We still got got new – we got fires. Maybe we sent it over your way. Yep. Fires are sexually transmitted. (laughs) That's absolutely right. All right, Um, well, make sure you come back Saturday for Will and I's – well, you'll just see my face, but Will really helps me write the prediction episodes. So, uh, oh, Saturday. Yeah. Or maybe Friday night. I think I'm going to try to get it up Friday night. Who knows? That's what she said. Good night and good luck. Week six of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week seven. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week 7, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DK Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DNVR is the code you use. 
DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. You should check it out. DraftKings is safe. It's reliable. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. You can bet on UFC 254 or by taking action on any baseball championship games happening soon. You like baseball? You can bet on baseball too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older, Colorado only. Bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time Playthrough restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.